Hi, this is Rick Arredondo at the Zico Project Studio, and we're with Adam Wilgus, currently the magistrate of the Tuscarawas Juvenile Probate Court. Adam is running for judge, and he'll be uh, running in, uh, for the placement of Linda Kate, who's retiring after 24 years as a juvenile in probate court. So welcome, Adam, to the Zico Project. Thank you for having me today, Rick. It's my pleasure to be here and have the opportunity to talk with you a little bit about myself and my campaign. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, we want to make this sound like a conversation, so really appreciate you spending time here. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about your family, your background. Well, my family, actually, my, my roots, uh, ironically, are from Newcomerstown, dating back to the 1800s, believe it or not. It's where my great-grandparents, as well as my grandparents, resided. As a young child, my parents were divorced. My father lived here in Tuscarawas County, he resided in Dover, and my mother lived in Stark County. So uh, we have some deep roots that date back quite a ways here in Tuscarawas County. Me personally, I'm one of three siblings. I also have numerous step-siblings. My father recently retired after 32 years working as an electrician at Greer Steel in Dover. My wife, Krista, son Charlie, and I, we all reside in Dover. And really, one of the things I love about living here in Tuscarawas County is I get to watch my son ride on the same rides at Tuscarora Park that I rode whenever I was his age. So we have a rich history here in the county. Well, that's awesome. I know that's important to the residents here that will be voting this connectivity that you have with the community. Besides your family, tell us about some of your hobbies, just what are the things that you like to do, and, uh, yeah, give us a little bit of insight on, you know, what Adam Wilgus is about. Well, I like uh, fishing and hunting both. I haven't found much time to do that over the last seven months with the campaign, but um, those are certainly some activities that are, for me, peaceful and, and give me an opportunity to unwind from uh, the stressors otherwise that we, we have in my particular profession. Growing up, I played high school soccer and I wrestled, but um, now at my age, I, I simply play basketball a couple times a week to stay in shape. Um, I really, I, not really a hobby, I guess, but what I, I most enjoy is, is really just spending time with my wife and my son. So there's obviously a lot of in spotlight lately about political parties and affiliations and such, and just, just kind of wondering... How does a political party affiliation play a role in the judicial races? Well, that's an interesting question because there's oftentimes confusion regarding political affiliation, particularly in juvenile, or excuse me, in, in judicial races. Uh, generally, judicial races are, are nonpartisan. But in my race, it's a contested Republican primary. During my campaign, we, we have knocked on, believe it or not, approximately 6,000 doors at um, our constituents' houses here in Tuscarawas County over the last few months, the number one question I get from people is, are you a registered Republican? And because that has become such an important issue for voters, it's also become very important for myself. There will be two names on the Republican ballot on March 17th. My opponent is a registered independent. The law allows registered independents to place their name on either ballot, my opponent has never been a registered Republican and is not currently a registered Republican. However, her name will appear on the Republican ballot. I am the only registered Republican in this race. I've been a registered Republican since I was able to vote when I turned age 18. I think that, in, this is my opinion, that voters care about party affiliation in part because there is a lot of discretion used in the law. And it's important for voters, they want to know the person that they're voting for that's going to make the decisions in the courtroom share the same values that they share. 
And I can tell you, Rick, as a lifelong registered Republican, I have conservative values. I'm pro-life. Um, I'm pro the Second Amendment. That's, that's who I am, too, is who I've always been, and that's exactly um, who I remain today. Well, thank you for sharing that. So you're going from a role of a magistrate. How, tell me about that. What's that like? What's that, you know, I'll use the word, what, what does that look like in the life of, of Adam Wilgus today? Well, in 2016, I was appointed as a magistrate in the Tuscarawas County Juvenile and Probate Court. And oftentimes when you tell people that, it's almost a foreign language. They say, what in the world is a magistrate? So similar to the position of a judge, as magistrate, every day I preside over to hearings. I listen to evidence. I decide the final outcomes of cases. I am the only candidate in this race that has experience in the juvenile and probate court, both as an attorney and as a magistrate. Since 2016, I've presided over thousands of hearings. I can't give you an exact number, but it's what I do all day, every day. And during those hearings, I'm tasked with making decisions that are in the best interest of Tuscarawas County children and their families. Uh, I've been making those decisions since 2016. Really, judicial experience is only attained by, by sitting in the courtroom making those decisions, and that's precisely what I've done. My experience as a magistrate, I believe, has afforded me the opportunity to gain experience in all facets of both the juvenile and the probate court. And, and that's important, uh, an important dis distinction to be made because this particular judge position oversees two divisions. One is juvenile and one is probate. It's, they're two separate bodies of law. And so it's, I think it's, it's very relevant that I have experience in both of those areas. It's also allowed me to identify the areas of the court, which I think can be approved upon. Um, there, there are a number of different areas that I've identified during my time there at the court that I look forward to having the opportunity to change if I'm fortunate enough to be elected. So before entering the law field, I'm assuming you had other experience that's going to serve you well in this role. So tell us a little bit about Adam before he became Adam the attorney. Wow. Well, I have... Um, a lot of things that I did when I was younger, as most young kids. Well, the ones that you can talk about. Yeah. So. <laughs> your, your, uh, your job opportunities as, as, a, as a young man are, are relatively limited, and I'm thinking dating back to high school. Uh, but I, I have worked. My first job was bussing tables at an Italian restaurant. Uh, I did, started doing that when I was 15 years old. Um, I have worked for a landscaping company. When I was in high school, in the first part of college, I worked for a roofing company. I, I tore roofs off. I have coached high school sports when I was in college. I, I coached numerous high school sports. That was all high school, college uh, time frame. But I also have I've served seven years in the United States military. Um, that, that, I believe, that experience, I was a staff sergeant in the United States Army. I think it prepared me uh, quite well to make fair and firm decisions while exercising both sound judgment and compassion. That's really what I strive to do when I'm, when I'm sitting on the bench in the courtroom. That's really what a judge does. Uh, judges make difficult decisions under stressful circumstances, and, and, and that uh, experience, I believe, I, I developed some of those skills by serving in the military. Also, prior to, to attending law school, I was a financial analyst at a Fortune 500 company. I've got extensive experience with balancing budgets and making financial decisions very important financial decisions. I think you may find it interesting, and most people don't know this, but the judge of the juvenile and probate court here in Tuscarawas County 
oversees $1.6 million of taxpayer money every year. So there's a significant amount of money that is in the control of the judge. And I believe it's important to have a judge that understands how to manage money. And I, I certainly do. So Adam, when we've talked, you've talked a lot about your love for community. And so tell us, you know, what are some of the organizations you're involved with? Well, I am a fourth-generation Tuscarawas County resident, as I had previously explained, and I'm certainly invested in our community and, and want to make a difference. And I, I hope I don't lose you in this list, and I hope I can remember all of the different things I'm involved in. Uh, I am a board member at Big Brothers Big Sisters here in Tuscarawas County. I am a member of the Anti-Drug Coalition. I am a Rotarian at the New Philadelphia Rotary Club. I'm a member of the New Philadelphia Veterans of Foreign Wars. I'm a committee member at Tuscarawas United Feeding Our Future. I am an officer at the Tuscarawas County Bar Association. I'm a member of the Ohio Association of Magistrates. I am a member of the Tuscarawas County Farm Bureau. I am a member of the NRA. I am a member of the Ohio State Bar Association. I am also an alumni of Leadership Tuscarawas. And I previously was an adjunct professor at Kent State. I had taught some criminal justice classes there early on in my legal career. Uh, my wife is also a member of the Union Hospital Auxiliary, so we support uh, their efforts to raise money for the local hospital. So we, uh, we keep pretty busy when I'm not in the courtroom. So Adam, what challenges do you feel juvenile and probate courts are facing now and will face in the next six years? And what do you want to do about them? Well, this is really the nuts and bolts of the campaign um, beyond who I am and what I've done in the past, I've got some ideas that I think can certainly improve the juvenile court, one of which we have an issue here in Tuscarawas County that we have a delayed access to drug and alcohol treatment. And what I mean by that is if we identify a parent that needs substance abuse treatment, it's often weeks and, and sometimes more than a month before they even get in to have an assessment. If you are struggling with drugs and or alcohol and someone tells you to come back in a month, you might as well tell them to come back in a year. Um, they're going to spend the next month using drugs and they're not going to be receiving the help that they need. They're not going to show up for that appointment a month later. And I see that every day in the courtroom. It's not necessarily because they don't want to. It's because they've gone back to that life. You, you have that moment in time when people are asking for help, and, and we need to seize that opportunity. We have resources in Tuscarawas County. We need to coordinate those resources, and we can do better than what we're doing now. There are other counties that I have talked to representatives from. They are getting assessments within 72 hours, and... We may not be able to reach that. That's a, that's a phenomenal um, time frame, but we need to get a lot better than we are right now, and we can certainly do that. The next question I would imagine in people's minds is, well, how do you plan on doing that? I've got a plan. I've already started to act on the plan. I, I've been having lunch meetings with some of the area providers, different organizations that provide substance treatment, and we're going to all get on the same page. We're going to work. The court is going to work hard along with them, and, and we are going to get better cooperation by all parties so that we can deal with this serious, serious issue in Tuscarawas County. We also, at the juvenile court, I, I don't know that many people know this, we have on staff 
a licensed drug and alcohol counselor that provides drug and alcohol assessments as well as treatment to juveniles. So we have someone already that, that is handling that piece. Where we run into issues are kids that have very severe drug issues and, and parents. And so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to taking on that task. I, I believe that the plan that I have is, is going to work well. It's not going to solve every problem. There's no question about it. There, there is no, there's no magic recipe that, that's going to uh, enable us to, to make sure every parent is drug-free. But I want to make sure that if a parent comes in my courtroom and, and they want help, that I'm able to get them help and I can get them help as quick as possible. So I think part of that role is we can't, if a, if a child is removed from a parent's custody, the juvenile court at some point in time has to make a determination whether that child will be returned to the parents or if we have to find alternative arrangements for that child as far as living arrangements uh, on a more permanent basis. We can't walk a parent through every step because the parent has to take some initiative on their own so that we know they can do it when the court's not involved. In the same respect, I think the court has an obligation help those parents initially when they're most in need and make sure we're able to get them that help. And if we do that and we're more proactive on that, I, I think that we'll have better results. So that's, that's one of the first challenges I see. The next thing I see is the increasing volume of custody cases. The juvenile probate court, we have jurisdiction over children whose parents have never been married. Um, we are seeing more and more of those cases come through our court each year. Last year, we handled in the uh, custody portion of juvenile court, we handled approximately 800 cases, some new cases, some older cases that had come back to court for, for various reasons. And if someone comes in and, and wants a hearing right now, it, it takes some time to get them in because there is such a uh, demand for those type of hearings. And what I would like to do is I'd like to set up a mediation program. And I would like to provide parents the opportunity to try and come to an agreed resolution, it would reduce cost to parents, it would resolve cases quicker, it would minimize trauma to uh, children that otherwise are, are put in the middle. And so I, I think it's really a win-win by, by creating that mediation program. The parents would go to mediation prior to holding their first hearing, and if they're able to resolve the issue, they're able to resolve it. And if they're not, then we set it for hearing and, and we, we deal with it on the... Uh, you know, how we would any other case. But um, I, I think that that is certainly something that is well worth putting into place as a mediation program. We have an increased need for guardians. Uh, part of the pro probate uh, portion of this uh, job is overseeing individuals who are um, mentally incompetent, and they require guardians to make decisions for them, either financial, medical, or both, we have an aging population here, and the, the aging population, a lot of their, their relatives, whether it's children, aunts and uncles, did no longer live in the area. So there's no one here to, to make those decisions for them. So I would like to recruit some, some volunteer guardians, including attorneys, who are trained, and if they're not trained, we will train them to step forward and, and help these, the members of our community. These members are people that they have a major need. They're not able to care for themselves or make their own decisions. And so I would be willing to schedule seminars with volunteers from our legal community. And also I'd like to, to make 
the access to what we would call advanced directives, more commonly known as last will and testament, your living will, powers of attorneys. Um, sometimes people refer to those as estate documents. I'd like to make those more readily available to our population. I'd like to set up some times when they could come and, and we would have attorneys volunteer and we could get those documents set up for them. Um, that way they can have their affairs in order because none of us know when our health is going to fail us. And, and when it does, we need to have that done. It, it's too late whenever your health fails you to try and uh, hurry up and get those things taken care of. Challenges that I believe that the uh, juvenile and probate court is facing now and, and, and some of the solutions that I, I would like to provide. So you've been a magistrate since 2016. What do you feel you have accomplished in the current position? Well, since I was appointed in, in 2016 as a magistrate, provide guidance. That's really uh, what I try to do. I, I try to provide guidance and direction, and I've done so, I believe, to, to thousands of children, both children and their families, really. And what I try to do is balance. There's a balance there between discipline, holding someone accountable, and still having compassion for them at the same time. Until you walk in someone's shoes, it's really hard to appreciate maybe what they've been through or what they're going through at the time. And, and so I think there's a delicate balance there. That's, that's, uh, that's one thing that I think that I've done well. Um, I had a 20-year-old boy. I was, I was out campaigning at the Tuscarawas County Fairgrounds this summer. I had a 20-year-old boy that approached me and said, Mr. Wilgus, you probably don't remember me. And I said, no, I don't. I mean, a lot of kids that come through our court, I, I don't remember them all. And he said, I was in your courtroom a couple years ago, and he was so proud to tell me that he was drug-free, he had his own house, and he had a stable job. And he thanked me for giving him direction when he was at a crossroads in his life because he was not doing, he was doing some, some, uh, some bad things and making some poor decisions. I went home that night, I told my wife, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I want to be a judge. It's the opportunity to make a positive influence in the lives of children and their families. And, and that's what I get up every day and look forward to going and doing. That's a story that, it, one, it's true. And two, when I got home that night, I told my wife, I said, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. In addition to that, I created a juvenile work program in, in 2018. That program was created in coordination with several local community agencies and what we do is we, uh, we help develop what's now referred to as Tuscarawas United Feeding Our Future, or the Tough Bags Program. And juveniles are ordered, if they come to my court, they get in trouble. I order them to participate in the work program. And what they do is they pack bags of food, and those bags of food are then distributed to local children in our community. Last school year, the Tough Bags Program provided approximately 100 thousand meals to Tuscarawas County children that have been identified as food insecure. The program provides an opportunity to these juveniles to learn, they give back to their community, and they're helping other kids in need. If you boil our program down to the very fundamentals, we have children in Tuscarawas County helping to feed other children in Tuscarawas County. It's really a great program that I'm very proud about. Uh, to date, at this point in time, approximately 90% of the kids that have come through our work program have never returned to juvenile court. It's more than just packing bags. So they come, they, they pack bags, they also have instruction. They are given an education on making healthy uh, choices, on how to make positive decisions in your life. 
how to identify uh, positive situations versus negative situations and making sure that, uh, that you're doing what you need to do to make sure that uh, if you find yourself in, in a poor situation that you remove yourself immediately. These kids that come through the court, they pack bags of food right along with other community leaders. So at our work program, we have had all three county commissioners, all three Tuscarawas County commissioners have come and packed bags of food with us. Our state representative has packed bags of food with us. Our county sheriff has packed bags of food with us. And it's remarkable to see, and, and myself included, I'm there just about every Saturday uh, with the kids working right alongside them. And to see the impact and see a child who maybe came from a very difficult environment standing there packing next to the sheriff, a county commissioner, a state representative, and myself who sentenced him to be there, have that interaction and get to know these kids. There, there's a lot of kids out there that they just they haven't really been given a, a, a fair shake. When you get to know them, they're not bad kids. They just they need someone's time. They need someone's compassion. A lot of these kids have never heard someone tell them, you should be proud of yourself. I tell them that. At the end of the day, when they've packed all those bags, I tell them, you should be proud of yourself. You did something good today. A lot of these kids have never done anything nice for someone else. And so there is um, a lot of value to this program beyond just packing bags of food and providing it to kids that are hungry. We have had some tremendous feedback from the kids. Uh, we have had kids that they are sentenced to serve two days at the work program and they come back on days they're not sentenced because they enjoy it and, and they're getting something out of it. We have kids that they're ordered to be there from 8 a.m. until noon and they stay till 2.30 because they say the job's not done and I've got nowhere else better to be. On the back side of the program, when we deliver food to the schools, boy, it is remarkable to see the emotion that these kids show when they see you walking in their school with a bag of food, it's like they, it's like they won the lottery. It's really touching. I've, I've, I've delivered the food myself. It's just amazing when these kids come and they ask for an extra bag because they've got a brother at home that also needs to eat. Or they weren't at school on Friday when the bags were sent home, and, and so they get there on Monday and ask if there's any way they can still get their bag. It's important. We're making a difference. Very, very proud of our juvenile work program. One last thing on the work program. This year, our program received a community outreach award from the United Way of Tuscarawas County. It's really humbling to, to be recognized for something that it, it's really just, it's about trying to teach these kids a lesson and serve the community at the same time. So uh, getting that award was very nice. So Adam, you seem like a very thoughtful individual and what, what initiatives would you take and or support if elected? Well, one, of course, I think the, the most obvious is I would continue to expand our award-winning juvenile work program. The work program, when we had begun in 2018, we were servicing about 200 kids. And last school year, we doubled that. We went uh, from 200 to approximately 400. This year, we're up to almost 600 kids every week that we provide meals for Saturdays and Sundays. So I would certainly uh, work on continuing to expand that program. We've had tremendous support. We've, we've had people um, come in and help us there at the work program from the local Rotaries, the Lions Clubs, Kiwanis, you name it. We, we've had a lot of support. I think that there's room to expand that program. Tuscarawas County has, the statistics are, approximately 4,000 kids in Tuscarawas County that are food insecure. 
And food insecure is not just kids that are hungry. Food insecure, by definition, are kids that don't know where their next meal is coming from. We are servicing 600 kids with our program. There's a couple other programs out there that are, are, are servicing um, similar numbers, but there is certainly room to expand. So that, that is one thing that I would, I would support and, and continue to participate in. I think we need to provide a means for, for the children and the parents to get the quicker access to treatment that you and I have already spoke about that a little bit. I'd like to partner with agencies. This is a big one for me. I'd like to partner on, with agencies that are focused on juvenile drug, alcohol, and tobacco prevention. Prevention is the key word there. All too often, I think that courts are not working or not really being enough involved with prevention and instead are more of a, we're, we're reacting. It's, uh, you know, the kids get in trouble, they come to the court. I'd like to get involved with 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 some of the different organizations that are working on prevention so we can try and get out in front of it. Or if there is, you know, a, a small issue that doesn't arise to them getting to court, we're able to, to help those kids early on so it doesn't become a bigger problem. So I, I think that is, that's important for me. I'd like to partner with agencies so that we are able to get just better access to uh, drug, alcohol, and vaping has become another big issue. And I was there at the press conference and the health department did it a press conference in regards to the vaping, that's an issue that is just steadily rising. It, it's really hammering our youth right now. That that seems to be their target. And so that that's a big issue, uh, vaping. I'd like to increase the number of review hearings. Uh, we, in the juvenile and probate court, part of what we do is uh, dependency, neglect, and abuse cases. Children are removed uh, temporarily and sometimes permanently from their parents those cases without going into all of the specifics the parents are given a limited amount of time to remedy the whatever it is the issue that um, had the children removed all too often we get pretty far down the road and the parent comes into court and they say well I couldn't get a hold of such and such or um, they weren't able to to take me Um, they set my appointment out two months from now and sometimes the parents just run out of time and we need to, in my opinion, increase the number of review hearings for those type of cases so that we can work towards reunifying children with their parents. If there's issues in those cases, if they're not able to get the mental health assessment or they're not able to get the family counseling or the drug and alcohol assessment or uh, you know, they're not able to get in touch with someone, we need to know that early on in the case and we need to find that out often. We may be able to a greater success rate at reunifying children with their families. And if the parents want to work the case plan and they want to do what's required, then I want to make sure that we as a court are doing everything to support those parents. Uh, finally, the, the other initiative that I would take, and, and it's interesting because I have got a close relationship with all of the people that work there at the juvenile and probate court, and, and this probably isn't maybe the most popular for them, but it, it's important to me, and, it, and I believe it's important to the constituents, that we've got to improve access to the court. And I'm going to work hard to do that. I, I want us to, to have a, a, a very user-friendly court. One simple thing, just an example, is our, our custody, we call it paternity, our clerk's office there, if you come between the hours of 12 in the afternoon and 1 p.m. and you want to file something, let's say you're a father or a mother that is working a full-time job, the only time you have to come to the court and file paperwork is on your lunch hour. If you show up at 12 or 12.15, it's, the lights are out and it says come back at 1 o'clock. I just don't agree with that. Those are the same people whose taxpaying dollars are paying 
for us to be there. And we should be open for business even during lunch, because if there's a father that or a mother that wants to come in and, and get more time with their kid, they want to file for expanded visitation, they should be able to show up on their lunch hour and file that paperwork. And th- I just don't, uh, I don't believe that we should be closed. And I certainly don't believe the light should be turned off and nobody home. So those are those are some of the initiatives uh, that I would like to take if I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be elected judge. So Adam, it looks like with the juvenile probate court, it's two different disciplines. So what can you tell us what those type of cases look like? Well, it is. It's two completely separate bodies of law. And there are a number of counties throughout Ohio that have judges for just a probate judge. And in Tuscarawas County, our judge oversees two different divisions. One is probate and one is juvenile. So juvenile is... A number of things. It, people commonly understand that juvenile court is handling criminal matters of, of people that are under the age of 18. And that is one aspect of it. Uh, we also handle abuse, dependency, and neglect cases. And so if a parent has allegedly abused or neglected their child, those cases come before our court. And also custody. As I talk about custody, it's, it's very defined in its children whose parents have never been married. If the parents have been married or are married, that goes to the domestic relations court. If the parents have never been married, then that falls within the juvenile court jurisdiction. And we make decisions regarding custody, visitation, and child support for those children. So that's the juvenile court piece of it. In regards to probate court, probate is extremely expansive. Most people identify probate court with, if you pass away, your estate is administered through probate court, and that's absolutely correct. Uh, We administer estates. uh, We will administer trusts if that's necessary, but we also do a number of other areas. Adoptions is, is one example. Last week, I presided over an adoption, and it ties together with the abuse, neglect, dependency. There was a child uh, who had been abused, then was adopted. And so we handled both ends of that particular matter. There is also minor settlements. If a minor is injured, then uh, the minor then receives some type of a financial compensation. Those are run through the, the probate court. We approve those. Uh, marriage certificates. If you want to get married in Tuscarawas County, you're coming to the Tuscarawas County Probate Court for your marriage license. Name changes, we handle uh, name changes. We determine whether or not the name change is permitted. Guardianships, so anyone that is considered uh, legally incompetent, we determine if and who uh, will make the decisions for them, both financial and medical. Uh, wrongful death, if, if someone is, is injured and they unfortunately lose their life and there's a wrongful death suit filed, uh, all of those approvals come through the probate court. And finally, insolvency. Insolvency is a word that many people don't know what exactly is that. Well, insolvency is, the easiest way to explain that is, if an individual is bankrupt at the time they pass away, it's a bankruptcy after death. That takes place through the probate court as well. So it's, it's pretty expansive. Those, those are the, the high points. Those are the, the most often uh, areas of juvenile and probate court that we deal with. There's some other small niche areas of the law, but those are the main, main areas, main topics. So we've been talking here a while, Adam. Any additional thoughts, comments? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, 
cases in in the juvenile and probate court they're not the most glamorous cases but in my opinion they are the most important for our community and that is because they deal with children and families we as a court on a daily basis literally make decisions as to where a child is going to sleep that night those are not decisions i take lightly as a magistrate as a father of a young child i'm sensitive to the challenges families are facing and I think of my son every time I'm in the courtroom and I have to make a decision about a child or um, about a parent, about visitation. I try to do my best to put myself in the shoes of the parents and the children, uh, but ultimately we're tasked with making a decision that's in the best interest of the child. It's not what necessarily the parent wants, and it's not always what the child wants is asking for, but um, it's what we believe is in the child's best interest. I look forward to, to getting up every day. I loved going to the courthouse. I love the opportunity of making a positive influence on, on children and their families. Sometimes we laugh at home because my, my wife says I'm excited to get out the door and get to work. And, you know, that, that's just, uh, it's, it's really my passion. It's what I've dedicated my career to. And I'm, asking for people to support me. I'd like to continue doing the same work that I've been doing for a number of years. I just, uh, I ask that people come out and, and vote on March 17th, and I ask you to vote for Adam Wilgus for Tuscarawas County Juvenile and Probate Court Judge. Rick, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come here today. The Ezekiel Project, I, I know that, uh, that that you're doing phenomenal things here at the Ezekiel Project. If anybody isn't familiar with the Ezekiel Project, you should go and check it out um, online. Uh, they're all about the community and uh, making a positive impact in the community, and, and I believe that's why um, our interests are so in line. So uh, thanks again, Rick, for your time today and um, the opportunity to come here and talk to you. Adam, it's been a great pleasure. All right. Thank you, Rick.